Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. This is a victory podcast. I'm your host, Joey Christopoulos, my co-host, Corey Wooten. We're going to come with a great episode in just a couple of seconds. But first, let's talk about our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. And look, BetOnline is back with the number one source for all your football betting needs this season. The latest odds, matchup info, player news, and even game threads. They have free contests, live scores, live betting, and giveaways all season long. So what are you waiting for? Head to BetOnline right now and receive, that's right, a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Where were you last night when the Chicago... Chicago Bears were taking on the New England Patriots, and you got to use that promo code, by the way, to get that 100% welcome bonus. Use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your awards. Bet online where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the show. The Chicago Bears, as we all predicted, win 33-14 to over the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football on national TV. So I'm decking out right now. We'll see how long this bit lasts if you're watching this on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening to us on SiriusXM because I'm decked out in Bears gear because you know what? We just have to cherish these moments while we have them. And that's why I'm going to bring in my co-host to break it all down. He's former Bears defensive end, Northwestern Wildcat, and CHGO's very own Corey Wooten. Corey, how are you feeling? Man, I, I am feeling great, right? Because this game was exactly who I thought the Bears could be. Right. We finally saw it come to fruition. Right. What we thought a team that plays great defense, right. That gets turnovers and that relies on the running game. Right. Take the pressure off Justin Fields, getting him on the move. Right. Then opening up the play action. It was a work of magic. Right. And we had been very critical on both coordinators. Right. Getsy and Allen Williams. And they had absolutely great game game plans for the Patriots. Right. It, this this was the, the most complete game they played all year, right? When, when you think about it, from the players, from the game plan, uh, from the adjustments, every area, right? They outcoached them, they outplayed them, and they out-executed them, right? The, Bill Belichick's Patriots. I think that's <laughs> you. And, and, and what I love the most is the fact that we could stick it to Cam Rogers. Cam Rogers every week. The Bears are the most boring team. They're this, they're that. Hey, Cam, how you like them apples, buddy? How do you huh? like it now? Huh, Cam? Hey, hey, Cam, they, they they didn't look that boring, right? They beat they beat Billy Zappy, right? They thought we was going to get zapped. Cam, get out of here, all right? I'll tell you like we say in Jersey. Get this guy out of here, all right, Cam Rogers? Put some respect on the Bears' name, okay? And, and stop with these angry videos. I don't know what he has against Chicago. I don't know what happened. He maybe he's dogging us. He's... No, he's been stalking us, Corey. Is what's been going yeah. on. He he was smelling he was smelling us, and he thought that he could just throw us under the dirt. And he's been just dogging us the whole season long. We'll take that, Cam Rogers and Corey. Man, you're absolutely right because man, this reminds me. This is, and for Justin Fields, right? This doesn't make a career. But I go back to Rex Grossman versus the Saints. I think of Mitch Trubisky versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think of Josh McCown versus the Dallas Cowboys. I'm thinking probably Jay Cutler anytime he played the Detroit Lions. These are games that you have to really cherish because the Bears played fantastic, and more importantly, Justin Fields played amazing, which we're going to get to in a second. But, Corey, I want to go to your corner here. I want to go to your account because you talked about the way the Chicago Bears played last night is the way that you've been talking about all season long how they should play. So let's dive into that, get into a little bit, couple of details because I want you to talk about this defensive line that I'll be honest, I've been dogging all season long, and I've been asking questions of, 
you know, where where's the fight? Where's the grit? These guys don't have big contracts. Why aren't yeah. they going out there? Why can't they execute? And, Corey, you've been saying it's not talent. It's execution. So, Corey, give me your grade for the defensive line. How did they play? Because, man, I think – I don't want to say they're turning a corner, but, man, I, I saw I really liked what I saw last night, and it could be huge for the future. I, I, would, I would say a solid B, right? The, most yeah. of this season I, I felt like it was probably a C-minus um at times a d to be honest right the the running game that was that was my biggest concern right that's what i've been preaching the whole time right i told you it, it comes down to attitude determination and just want to and and that's what i saw in this game it wasn't pretty at times but the the biggest thing is right they only let up 70 yards rushing which is a huge improvement right because every team you know thus far has been like you know we're really going to attack that outside zone and, hey, there was a couple plays where they maybe got six to eight yards, but there weren't those gashing runs that we had seen in the previous weeks, right? We saw Justin Jones, you know, at three technique, driving the guard back, right? Setting the edge with penetration. I'd love to see that, right? The the, the one negative play was on the goal line, right? When, when Stevenson went in for the touchdown, right? Oh. Jalen Johnson was the free hitter, and he kind of came up slow and, and – that's something we got to get better at, especially when there's a, a member of the secondary that's the free hitter on the edge, right? He's got to come up and make the play. He's got to stick his face in there, tackle the outside leg, force everything inside, right? But other than that, I, I mean, I thought it was a pretty, pretty good game, you know, with, with the exception of Eddie Jackson keeping his eyes in the backfield. But as a whole, right, from, from the defensive line to the linebackers to the secondary, I mean, it was it was a great game. And what I love is especially the young secondary members brisker and gordon right and especially brisker has been solid all year but gordon struggled right but he seems to keep getting better every week and that's what you love to see i think people were giving up on him and you got to realize one of the toughest positions in football as a rookie right left tackle and cornerback right two places where you're on the island <laughs> yeah and he's playing slot corner too they got him playing it, both in the game as a rookie it, that's, it, that's exactly a lot, right? that's tough yeah. you usually 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 that that slot is, is very tough to he's quick guy shifty um able to get off the press and whatnot so i just love what i what i seen from this team and then roquan smith i mean talk to people people oh he's not worth this contract he came out and played another lights out game i mean all over the place 12 tackles uh, TFL, a sack, a pick. He was all over the place. And how about Allen Williams, right? We're talking about the Bears defensive line struggling to get pressure in the pass game. What does he do? He dials up that tango game where the two defensive tackles slant inside. Roquan takes a step up and loops around for the sack. Hats off to Allen Williams, right? That's something that you can do when you're struggling to generate pressure. And I think they're going to have more packages and more stunts with Roquan Smith going forward because he really is a nightmare matchup. Even one-on-one -on, -one on the running back, we've seen in the previous couple of years, hey, he'll 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 jab lay you, go around you, and then he'll run your face over too. So pick your poison with Roquan. So my only negative, right, was the defensive line lack of pressure still, right? We're still not, we're still not generating that pressure, right? Not That's even the, the hits. One. Not even getting yeah, the hits either. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, but the one thing I told you, right, as long as they can stop the run, it can make everything that much better, right? It can make stuff that much better. When you can't stop the run, then they work the play action. They can work everything off that. But if stopping the run makes everything better. And Allen Williams, we're going to see in these next couple of weeks, especially against the, the Cowboys, right? Dak Prescott's back from injury. Got to get pressure on him, right? We have to, right? We got to be able to knock out this talented, you know, Cowboys running attack. But I think it comes down to getting pressure as well because it's something we struggle with.
Well, and Corey, a couple things really stuck out to me was one, uh, I was kind of surprised the Patriots didn't do it. They, if you deploy misdirection left to right with the Chicago Bears, you can screw them up a little bit. And you saw that with some of that little that little half wheel route that Stevenson had. I think two or three catches on that he was able to burn us on. But Corey, here's the thing though: if the defensive line can just play, as you mentioned, be average football, it totally opens things up for Jaquan Brisker. Roquan Smith especially, but it really opens it up for these secondary guys who I feel like we were putting so much pressure on to make some plays and always keep contained when maybe these defensive linemen just maybe need to do their job up front, and we're starting to see it right now. Another thing, Corey, and I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong, are you also noticing we've been we've been bringing it up, but it's starting to become a theme that the Chicago Bears are in great shape physically. Can I just say that? Honestly, they looked fast last night. They looked tenacious, but you know what? When that third and fourth quarter shows up, they're really starting to put the screws on people, and we had the lead this time. You know what I mean? So they should have been trying to come back, maybe go up-tempo with their offense, the Patriots. The Bears, you don't see anyone with their hands on their hips, dude. I mean, it goes back to training camp, right, with Eberflus and his conditioning. I think it's underrated right now that the Bears are ready to play four quarters. Can they execute over four quarters? I'm not so sure, right? And we're going to find out more as the weeks go on. But I'm just noticing that with that defense, and that's got to give you a chance, right? They just look in shape, man. They just straight up look in shape, and, and sometimes I don't think you're going to hear another team maybe wearing them down so much as the season moves on. That's what I hope. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you, and I think it comes down to that because you look at every second half, right? The Bears, regardless of what they did in the first half, they come out pretty much every second half and play well on both sides of the ball, at least better than they have in the first half, and they're able to maintain that. So you look at what they did well this time. They started fast and then played that way the whole game. And I was really nervous coming to this game because it was like a mini buy. You know, they last played last Thursday, and I'm like, okay, teams really aren't good playing off that extended time off, and especially a team like the Bears that have been struggling to get things going, you know. And, and real quick, Corey, you thought they were going to get smoked, right? I thought they were going to get blown out. Like many people, I, I thought this was going to be ugly. I, did. I, I didn't think I didn't think blow out, but I thought, I thought the Patriots were the better. I thought it would be a, a tighter game, you know, 28-20. Um, you know, okay. still kind of the same struggles with the run game, you know, offensively kind of up and down, struggling to get things going in the red zone. And we, we just saw the opposite of that, you know, and hats off to Luke Getzey because we have both been critical. I think all of the media has been critical of him. And, you know, because people were claiming he's this genius. And I'm like, where? I haven't seen it. And he had an excellent game plan from the first play of the game, that first drive, getting Justin Fields on the move, some sprint outs, some nakeds, uh, design runs, uh, really working yeah. the play action. I mean, Dude. I mean, it was it was a thing of beauty, right? I, and I, I loved it. And and this is what we were talking about, Joey. This is what my vision for Justin Fields would be, right? Kind of like this past game, right? 170 yards passing, you know, one touchdown, the interception that got tipped, what, what whatever. Um, the fumbles but, too. Well, exactly, it makes me, exactly. Makes me scared, but yeah. yeah, the fumbles. But but I guess the one thing is he gets he gets on them, right? He's not losing them. But you know, eventually that's gonna add up. But I think his type of performance, like we said, the numbers don't woo or wow you. But when you watch the game, you're like Justin Fields had a had a heck of an impact in that game, right? It's it's you know it wasn't Joe Burrow's 481 yards, you know, or whatnot. But it was one of those games you turn on and you're like. Man, his scrambles, his design runs, what he can do outside the pocket is unbelievable. And then some of the throws when he seemed confident, right? 
there's there's three plays in general that that I really was upset, right? The sack he took on the sideline uh, when Matthew Judon got him. That's a play where he should have threw that out of bounds. Oh, where he got, or he got or sandwiched and fumbled out exactly. of bounds, and you're just like, dude, exactly. I, I want you to live to see yeah, another he, down. He, Please he don't held the ball too long, and then there was one where he was on his left side, and nothing was there, and he kind of forced a throw. I think it was to St. Brown, and it almost got picked. Mm-hmm. Um or Mooney, I couldn't remember who, but that was just a terrible throw. And um, yeah, the the one time where Mooney was was coming across the formation to his right side, and he had him, and he just waited a second, and then threw it in there, and it and it got uh, deflected. So that that's another thing. And then the one sack he took on Judon, Judon made an inside move, and it wasn't the cleanest inside move. I thought he could he should have been able to feel that, and then scramble to his right side. You look at some of the great quarterbacks in this league that can that can run they feel that in a heartbeat you know like even like Aaron Rodgers he feels that you know he almost tells the right tackle to, to bait bait that end inside and as soon as he comes inside I'm gonna hit that corner and then essentially you got a free play to scramble or take a shot down the field so you know that's that that's not really on him but that's something that we could see some growth from using his feet and uh you know especially on that right side in his vision lane so but, but- other than that I thought he looked pretty good on some of his throws he was he was throwing a couple dimes well, and overall, Corey, the best part about this is Justin Fields got us excited, man. This was what we wanted to see, right? We're asking for a glimpse of Flash. Justin Fields got us excited last night moving forward. A couple things that I liked a whole lot we learned, man. You brought up a great point about Luke Etsy and the design runs. Justin Fields kind of got six yards whenever he wanted to. Um, the escapability, we kind of mentioned it a little bit, but I think we undersold it about there's certain plays that Justin Fields can do that are not scripted, that aren't in analytics, that aren't, you're not going to see in any projections or any sort of website that just changes the game and moves the sticks forward. I mean, he was literally covering, what, 16 to 20 yards of ground at time behind the line of scrimmage before he'd make a particular play. And then, Corey, going back to it, now – enveloping that into what you've been preaching for a long time, get the running game going. You've got Justin Fields with 82. I think Dave Montgomery had 65, and I think Khalil Herbert had 62 rushing yards last night. You can put that all together, right? And all of a sudden, the wide receiver room doesn't seem that bad, right, when you have a complementary pieces, and you've got two guys spying Justin Fields, and he's throwing St. Brown right over the top of first down. What I've been preaching, right? 243 yards rushing, right, compared to – to the Patriots, 260 yards of total offense, right? This is this is the formula. This is how you stay in games. This is how you win games, right? Yep. It's strictly game planning. And and both of these coaches, you know, through the time off, and uh, done a great job of coming up with a game plan because I was really worried about the extended time off with how they've been playing. But this is the Bears team that I thought they could be. This, like I said, look at the Giants, what they're doing, right? And I'm telling you, I think I think Justin Fields is way more talented than Daniel Jones. I'm, I'm telling you, oh, I yeah. know it. I know it for oh, a fact. Yeah. It comes oh, yeah. down to what he can do compared to Daniel Jones. Listen, Justin Fields has to clean up a little bit here and there on his decision-making and, and certain, certain things and not holding the ball too long. But as far as pure talent and who I want going forward as my quarterback, Justin Fields 100%. And he's going to just continue to get better. You know, you look at where he's at right now, and it's still a work in progress, but what he flashes is unbelievable. And his talent is undeniable. So he he's just a different element. And I said that I think he could be like a Lamar Jackson type that could be a better passer, right? Once he cleans up some of these reads 
and some of the decision making, honestly, you know, yeah, I think the decision making for sure. He can make the throws, dude. It's about him seeing it, committing to it. Exactly. And you, got, you just have to realize, right, this is his second year, you know, uh, and it's not even yeah. a full year of him playing. So it's going to take time. And I know everybody wants to see him throw for 300, 400 yards, but that's just not who he's going to be early on. Right. Eventually he could be that guy. But for right now, this is what we need. Like I said, anywhere from that, you know, 170, 180 to 240 range, right? And that's being efficient, was. limiting the turnovers, you know, things, things like that. So I, I like what I saw from him. I think I think it, it was a step in the positive direction, you know, two back to back weeks that I, I felt I felt pretty good about his performance. You know, it wasn't perfect, but it's it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, and and I think from a broad view, Corey. You know, I, I'm interested to get your perspective on this because as a former player, you, you may not enjoy this perspective as much as I might think. But here, I was going to bring this up to you last week as we were down in the dumps heading into this Patriots game. And I was going to say to myself, I'm looking at it like this. I'm saying, OK, there's 11 games to go heading into this Patriots game. How many games do I need to see from Justin Fields where I don't need to see necessarily the way he played last night? I think he played fantastic. I'm not expecting that. It's a very high bar. But how many games out of this the next 11? Did I need to see enough from Justin Fields where he needs to just show me that he's the best offensive player on the field for the Chicago Bears? At moments, carries them in moments when maybe the chips are down a little bit. They got their back against the wall. Can he make a play out of nothing? Can he keep us in a ball game? All those little things that make me say, this guy's a franchise quarterback moving forward. Out of the 11 games, I said, I was going to ask you, how many would you expect? Of out of those games, because I look, I think that this is going to be a roller coaster the whole mm -hmm. NFL season. Look around the league, everyone. The Bears are three and four right now, and you, I know we all think the Bears suck. Look around the NFL; they got just as good a chance as almost every other team out there, except for maybe same three record or four as Green teams. Bay. Same right record now. as Green Bay right now. So Corey, I I put it at four. I, I want four games where Justin Fields plays kind of like we saw with the Patriots last night. Maybe mm -hmm. not as good, but solid. Yeah. Carries you in moments, yeah. shows you some stuff. That's kind of like my bar moving yeah. forward. And he sh he put one on the board. He put yeah. one on the board last night moving forward. Yeah. So where are you with this Bears team right now? Where are you with you know what you want to see expectation-wise from Justin Fields in these next 10 games? So I, I think the biggest thing it comes down to is Luke Getze, right? Because you look at the game plan that he had for him, it was perfect. Right. So he if he could piggyback off that. Right. And get the confidence himself. We talk about, you know, uh, Justin Fields getting confidence. But you got to remember, Luke Getze, this is his first rodeo as, as a coordinator in the league. So uh, it, it's, it's going to take some time. I, I've been very critical. But what I've seen from him, I loved in this game plan and hostile place and the Patriots with some talented pass rushers and some talented defense. Um, the game plan that he had was great. So if he could have this same game plan. We could expect, you said out of those 11 games, seven to eight really good performances from Justin Fields if nice. he game plans okay. like this. Yeah, That's yeah. what it comes down to. And you look at now, you know, with, with, with the offensive line that they had, you know, I think Lucas Patrick, I, I that wasn't his natural position at guard, right? And, and, you, he, and you look was at – Was he ever healthy? If you, When you break your thumb, Corey, really quick, break it down real fast. I know that you can play, but doesn't that lose some of your leverage, lose some of your confidence? Yeah. Isn't that and, tough? And, and the, and the biggest thing for me is he's played center his whole career, right? When you go yeah. from center to guard, that is such a difference, right? And I was talking about this earlier. Um, centers nowadays, you you really are the quarterback of, of, the, of the offensive line, right? You're, you're getting the protections. You're sliding. You're helping. Very rarely are you one-on-one -on, -one on a guy, right? If you have a shade on you, usually you have guard help, right? You're never one mano-a-mano, one-on-one. 
And then you you put Patrick to, to guard, right? He's on an island. He's got Jonathan Allen, you know, one, one of the most talented three techs in the league, feasting, saying, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to dominate this guy. And he was exposed, right? I know they were trying to get him reps, but you need a veteran guy in there because you look at with Schofield and, and when Cody Whitehair was there, right? Braxton Jones played a lot better when, when either, either Cody Whitehair or Braxton Jones. Why? Because it's a veteran guy. He's helping Braxton Jones and saying, hey, watch this stunt coming in. Hey, watch this right here. Lucas Patrick doesn't even know some of those things because he's mostly coming at a center position. Uh, that's so a it's such point. a different thing, yeah. you know, and, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, listen, usually every, every younger right or left tackle, right. They're usually surrounded by a veteran guard, right. Because it helps them, you know? And I think honestly in, in, in that Washington game, if Schofield's in there, I think Braxton Jones plays a lot better, right. Because there's certain things he could do. He could say, hey, listen, I'm going to I'm gonna help the center for a second. And I know Montez Sweat is over there. I'm, yeah. I'm going to come and clean him up late. And then have him think twice about putting that long arm out there and leaving himself exposed. Things like that. Savvy vets understand. And Lucas Patrick is a vet, but not at the guard position. So I think people are sleeping on the importance of that. And then talking about Tevin Jenkins. Man, his, his stock for me just keeps elevating, right? And I, I was I was throwing out this example, right? Tevin Jenkins is a guy that, that came out that they thought could be a left or a right tackle. His natural position is guard, right? I think he's a lot like a Kyle Long, a very athletic guy that, you know, Kyle Long, even they had moved him to right tackle, right? But his natural position was at guard, he right? Played every he's a position, Pro Bowl. Dude. Yeah, he's a Pro Bowl guy at, yeah. at guard, man. So that's Tevin Jenkins. He can be a Pro Bowl player at guard, 100%. He's nasty. He's athletic. He finishes down the field. He's one of those guys that you hate playing against, but you love him on your team. So I love what I saw from him. Um, you know, Borum struggled at times, but Braxton Jones had another great performance. Uh, Mustafer held up pretty well when he came in for Patrick. Um, yeah, I, I like what I saw. Schofield was on the island at times against the three technique, performed well in the past, was solid in the run. No, no complaints there. I think he's going to be a good option going forward until Cody White here could come back and be healthy. But yeah, the the only thing was Borum. That that was the main issue right there. And you know, Matthew Judon is is one of the best defensive ends outside linebackers in the league. Um, so I knew that was going to be a tough one. I wish they kind of would have helped out with some more chip help. Yeah, I, you know, I I don't remember every single play because my hair was on fire with pure joy last night but i you know i think for the most part i think they did a really good job i think you know for the casual bears fan you just don't want to see those moments that from the jump from the snap the offensive line doesn't give justin fields a chance and i think that was kind of an issue in the first couple weeks of the season and i thought for the most part i think they did a pretty good job with that and then you know some of the sacks that that Justin Fields took, you know, were kind of on Justin Fields, hanging in there, trying to make a play a little bit, especially those ones that were kind of kicking us out of field goal range a little bit. But then he somehow found us a way to get back into field goal range in those second half moments. Um, Corey, I'm sweating my nuts off here. It's time to move on to our <laughs> keys here. I'm going to go. We're wiping, we're wiping the slate clean. Hold on. I lost my stuff. We're wiping the slate clean. We're moving on to a new week. You got a little hat hair there, buddy. Do I? <laughs> no, I no, told you I was bad. getting sweaty. It was sweaty. We'll cut it out. It's all good. But let's move on. Uh, let's move on because you know what? All of a sudden, the Chicago Bears are now three and four, uh, and they kind of have a big game coming up on Sunday, Corey. And I, I was mentioning this, uh, you know, in a different clip that we did. 
Uh, it's kind of a narrative breaker this past game against the Patriots, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's one of two things. Door number one, did the Chicago Bears and Luke Getze in the offense just kind of stumble on, upon something? And are they clicking and maturing and maybe growing? And are we going to continue to see progress? Or door number two, you know, the Chicago Bears are the worst gambling bet in America because you don't know which team is going to show up. And let's be fair, they're very young teams, so we're mm -hmm. not quite sure. But let's do Corey's keys because yeah. if they follow these keys, that they might just have a shot at winning in week eight. So, Corey, what is your key number one to beating the Cowboys in week eight? Start fast, and that's my key every week, right? And, and you look at what they did uh, this past week against the Patriots, right? They started fast. Usually offensively, they've started fast. Defensively, it's been slow. But two straight, two straight three and outs at that point, right? It was, was huge for the defensive confidence, right? That's something that they struggled to do, right? Get off the field on third down. And so, so going forward, especially against a talented Cowboys team, they have some weapons, is being able to start fast and be able to get off on third down. You know, that's, that, that's, that's, my, that's my key every week because the Bears are slow starters generally, so yeah. you got to start fast in this league. You can't, you can't come back from behind. The Bears are not that talented to be able to do that. There's some teams, maybe the Chiefs that have firepower, you know, the Bills can can potentially do stuff like that, but the Bears aren't there yet, so start fast this week. Yeah, that's a great call. You know, I was looking up these Dallas Cowboys defensive numbers, and they're pretty impressive, right? They haven't allowed – I don't think they've allowed – they've only allowed one passer to throw for over 228 passing yards so far this season. Um, you know, they have the fewest fantasy points allowed to running backs. They've allowed zero receiving TDs, only two rushing TDs. So getting off to a great start is going to be huge because think about it like this. If you are playing from behind versus the Dallas Cowboys, that is when they get their turnovers. That is when they make big plays. And, and I think that's going to be a huge thing. And, Corey, that's going to be my, my biggest key of the game. My biggest key of the game is protect the football, Corey. Yep. And, you know, this is something that the Chicago Bears have been dealing with and there's something that the Dallas Cowboys have been feasting on. You know, Justin Fields, it's crazy. He's got 11 fumbles this year. He's got 23 fumbles in 19 games. Um, and these tipped interceptions, it's nobody's fault, but they're still happening. Corey, I think another big factor about winning against the Patriots and blowing them out was we won the turnover battle. And I know it's one of those cliche things that a lot of people like to throw out there, but I think more than ever, this is a really, really important game against Tavon Diggs and Micah Parsons and that defense to protect the football at all costs. And I think that will at least help us stay in the game in this one. Corey, what's your second key? Oh, no, follow up. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, no, no, I think that's the biggest thing. You have to protect the football. And, and, and anytime you can win the turnover battle, that's how you win games. You look at this past week, you know, we turned the ball over one time compared to their four, right? Anytime you win the turnover battle, I think it's like 70% chance to win the game. So that's 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 critical there. And for, for me, my second key has to be Luke Getze, right? You yeah. showed that you can be a great play caller, right? Now let's take it up a step, right? This Dallas defense is a little bit different than the Patriots, right? We talk about Matthew Judon, right, being a great pass rusher. They have three really good pass rushers. Micah Parsons, they got Williams, uh, Tank Lawrence. I mean, they got some talented guys. So how are you going to game plan, right, to protect the offensive line? Showcase Justin Fields' talents, right? Do things that he's comfortable with, like last week, right? getting some sprint outs, getting some nakeds, getting some design runs, right? Because yep. I think that's the element that you could really scare this Dallas front with, right? Some of the RPOs, some of these zone reads, things of that nature. Because last week, you know, Patriots were really taken back by some of those design runs. So I think that's a different element that you can, you can have to kind of disguise things and take the pressure off your offensive line 
and put the pressure on their defensive line. So I want to see Luke Getzey. I want to see how much of a genius, like Darnell Mooney said, right? He is as a play caller. So Luke Getzey, this is another audition for you, right? In a big stage after coming off the Bears' arguably best offensive performance this season. How how, how are you going to pair that? How are you going to pair that with Justin Fields? So let's see it. Corey, uh, that blends into my second key of the game, man. I'm right there with you. But this is kind of more of a challenge and also a question for you that I want you to weigh in is, look, man, we got to start playing Khalil Herbert more, okay? And, and look, I understand, and I, I'm just not buying it, this whole, like, Montgomery gets two series, Khalil Herbert gets one series. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, I just think we need to get him involved a little bit earlier in the game. I'm not saying bench David Montgomery. I love David Montgomery, and I think he is one of perhaps one of the the, the least – the least running, the least favorite running backs that you'd want to see in the second half of a game if you're a defensive player, because that dude's gonna hit you right in the belly, and he's gonna churn those legs, and he's gonna move you back a little bit. But I just want to see Herbert get involved in one one shape or form or the other. I love that little bubble screen that worked out for a 25-yard touchdown, but I think he needs touches early on and starting fast. Why don't you use the fastest running back and the no, one home run hitter that you have on your team, Khalil Herbert? I'm getting more and more impressed by him every single week. And I don't think it's a fluke, and I don't think we've seen it. He's gotten volume before, and he's produced. It, it's a great one-two punch, and I want to see that one-two punch blended a little bit more early yeah. in the game. Let's get Khalil Herbert involved, Luke yeah. Getzey. That's my second key. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, like you said, he's the home run hitter. Um, you know, Aikman and Buck were talking about that on, on the broadcast. I think everybody sees it, right? He has a different level of juice. He hits that hole differently, right? I think they need to be in situations where in the shorter yardage, you use David Montgomery, right? Out of the backfield, catching the ball, David Montgomery, right? But in, in regular running situations, you know, out of the gun or the more, or the more outside runs, Khalil Herbert all day, right? He, he is that home run hitter. Get him involved, and he shows that he can he can catch the ball in the backfield too. So having two running backs, that's a great thing at all. But I think they have a little bit more uh, loyalty, it seems like, to David Montgomery. But my, my thing is like this. I think you should just split it down the middle, half and half. Let's go, go with the hot hand at a time. If Khalil Herbert's getting things going, continue riding with him, right? It, it's, it's almost like – you know, when the Patriots, you know, were Mac Jones and then Bailey Zapp and then back, you know, you, you can't really do that. You have to go with the hot hand and, and keep it going. So if, yeah. if one of the running backs gets momentum, rock with him, right? But I think Khalil Herbert, what he's done is put up yards per carry, right? I, th- I think they were saying he's like 6.8 yards per carry, which Ooh. is unbelievable. Unbelievable. So I think you got to give him the rock. He's super talented. And, uh, yeah, I, I like both of them, but I like Mo- Montgomery and the shorter yardage. He's going he's gonna to get you those two, three yards. Um, he's going to get in the end zone, and he's going to catch the ball well in the backfield. But Herbert, when it's time to get the home run hitter, let's, let's bring him in. Yeah, there's no mistaking that I love David Montgomery, and I think he has this spiritual leadership role in the Bears offense and on the team in general. So, I mean, Corey, you could probably relate. When a guy's like that in the locker room, you are going to want to keep him involved. So I'm not trying to take that away. I'm just saying Khalil Herbert is so talented, man. And if you want to talk about a season right now when maybe we don't have the wide receiver weapons that we like or we want, we're keeping Cole Komet in the box a little bit more to block, who had a fantastic blocking game. I thought you could see him making some lanes last night. I just think you need to get him involved a little bit earlier, make the defense account for him, and then you can kind of counter your offense and subversively move some things in a different direction off of that with Khalil Herbert. Uh, Corey, man, what's your final key to a Bears victory versus the Cowboys in Week 8? Final key is stop the run. 
That's Tony what Pollard. Try to do. Tony Pollard yeah. terrifies me, dude. Talk yeah. about Tony Pollard so, and how are we yeah. going to stop him? Because that's my yeah. final key. Yep. So, so talk about thunder and lightning, right? Pollard and, and Elliot, right? And I'm not even that concerned with Elliot, to be honest with you. And, no. and no disrespect to him by any means, but P- Pollard has a different level of juice, honestly. You know, it's it's kind of very similar to the our our running back yeah. situation, right? Where Herbert is the home run hitter, David Montgomery is the bruiser. That that's what Zeke has been. You know, he's been the bruiser for him. You know, when you when you need that short yardage, but the, the hot hand is, is Pollard right now. So you got to be able to stop him because they're going to try to exploit some of the weaknesses that we've shown in the outside zone runs. This past week was better, but you know the Patriots aren't really a run dominant team. You know, they're 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 more of the dink and dunk passes. You know, screen game. Uh, but Dallas is especially with Zach uh, Dak uh, coming back from injury and, and trying to get comfortable. They're going to try to rely on that run game and then work the play action to get him comfortable. So this week is a must to stop the run. Allen Williams, let's see your game plan. And I talked about it. Hey, maybe let's let's put a backup three technique at at the point of attack. Right. Let's really set the edge in the run game, because I think it's critical this week because Pollard can get loose. And and he's another guy yards per carry. He's up there with Khalil Herbert. So this this a non-negotiable this week. You know, I think if we can stop the run. Dak Prescott, this is only his second game back, right? His thumb is probably pretty sore. It's probably hard to grip the ball. Like, he, like it probably feels a little uncomfortable for him, to be honest with you. I thought he was okay. He should have thrown a couple picks last week. He got lucky. He got real lucky, you know? Um, but I think this is an opportunity where you can catch Dallas, where they're a little down, especially at the quarterback position, because no dis- disrespect to him, but he's still trying to get comfortable from that thumb. And that's his throwing hand, too. So if you can knock out the run, and dial up some of these blitzes, get Roquan involved, maybe get some stunts. I think this is a game where, where you could shock the world again and, and and beat the Cowboys. Yeah, I just have it written here. I am terrified of Tony Pollard. That is my that is my final key of the game there. Yeah, and with Dak Prescott, real quick, I also have this written down. I don't know if people realize this, but the Dallas Cowboys, they're 30th in the NFL in third down conversion at only 32% right now. Why do I keep bringing up that stat? It's because I think with a young defense right now, those are execution moments to help get your team off the field and get the ball back into Justin Fields' hands and help with time of possession, something that we've been harping a lot here on Believe in Bears. And don't look now, Corey, over the last three games. I know it sucked versus the Commanders, but over the last three games, Bears over 40% on third down. That's top 10 in the NFL over the last three games. So let's try and keep that rolling. Of course, a 62% last night against the Patriots certainly helps that number out a ton. Corey, man, uh, it's time, man. Let's, let's do final score prediction. Um I'm pretty terrified to, to make my pick on this one. Do you want to go first? No, you go first, Joey. Okay, all right. I'm going to go first. Um, you know what? Who gives a shit? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Uh, I'm going the Chicago Bears. I think the Chicago Bears are going to win. I am. Nine and a half point underdogs. I think that they easily cover that game. So if anyone's out going to betonline.ag for your 100% welcome bonus, you can definitely do that. But here's what, I, here's what I'm coming at with that one. And I think it's going to be like a 20 to 17 type game. Really, really tough. And honestly, I think it's going to come down to a field goal. The only reason why I see the Chicago Bears probably losing this game is the turnover situation. If Justin Fields turns the ball over, we're going to be in a, in a lot of problems. But again, you mentioned it so perfectly. Dak Prescott, that thumb isn't exactly a tip-top shape. It isn't running on all cylinders and I just don't think he's the guy that breaks the pocket anymore and picks up yards with his legs anymore I don't think you can worry about him and what have we seen with pocket quarterbacks this Chicago Bears defense has actually been really 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 solid against pocket quarterbacks Mm. it is going to be about stopping the run I think the Dallas Cowboys love playing low scoring games grind it out style just what the Chicago Bears want 
And there's just something about these Chicago Bears where they don't play a perfect four-quarter game, but in the fourth quarter, Corey, they continue to show up with energy and they continue to show up with a sense of grit that keep, that has them keep pushing over and over again. I think if Justin Fields protects the ball, I think he continues to progress and make these types of plays. We've got one of the better NFL kickers in football right now. So, you know, if we don't convert in the red zone, it's okay. The D Dallas Cowboys offense is really, really good. I think we can pull this one off, Corey. And dare I say it, we could possibly become four and four in the ugliest, most unlikely roller coaster style way. But again, it's the Chicago Bears, their young football team. It could go either way. What do you think? Yeah, no, no. I'm I, I'm gonna um hey, it could go either way at any point. But I'm gonna yep. say this is that one confidence building win, right? Like with San Francisco last year, that kind of put them, they were kind of in a low last year, and then against us, they had a win, and all of a sudden they rose. I'm not saying yeah. we're going to the NFC championship. But I think this gave this team, the coordinators, the coaching staff, it reinvigorated things. And Evidence. Confidence, right? Evidence. Look at what we just yeah. did. We can do it, this. It, yeah. Exactly. And I think defensively, they show that they can stop the run. And, and I understand that, that the Patriots aren't the Cowboys, right? But I think it gave them confidence. And in this league, once you get confidence, watch out now, right? So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a limb and say Bears 28, Cowboys 21. Tight Ooh, game. Oh, my man. Luke Getze yeah. is going to come out with the game plan. I really like what 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 he had in store for Justin Fields in that offense. I think it's critical. If he can have that great game plan and take the pressure off the offensive line, shield them from this talented front, get Justin Fields on the move, some sprint outs, some boots, uh, chip help, um, mixing and matching, uh, some misdirection. I, I want your best game, and I think that's going to be this week because everybody on the team, coaching staff to the players, they had confidence. And that's what that's what it is. You sometimes just need that one game to get you over the hump. And I think that is. And Dak Prescott, he's not 100 percent right now. Right. I would honestly feel worse about the game if, for, for the Bears if Cooper Rush was Cooper playing. Rush. Yeah. Sure. So, you know, I know people probably say, oh, you're crazy for that. But Dak Prescott isn't 100 percent right now, you know, and he's a little rusty. He showed it last week. Right. I think the defense played so well that it kind of shielded him a little bit. And Pollard, Pollard and Elliott look good. But, yeah, I'm I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm betting on the Bears this weekend, and some people might say I'm crazy, but maybe I am. <laughs> maybe, maybe we're both, maybe we're both out of our minds. And, and Corey, I just want my final thing before we get you out of here um, is two weeks ago I did this little mini rant, and I was upset at the time, and I said, "Chicago Bears, I'm ready for a top five pick. Mm. I'm ready. It's time." You know what I mean? The way that the offense was trending right now, the way that the team was trending, but over these past couple of weeks. I, I've spent a lot more time – I do it every week, but I've spent a lot more time looking at the NFL in general. And just in my opinion right now is that of all of our faults, and, man, the Chicago Bears have a ton of them. And, man, mm -hmm. are we short on talent a little bit? You betcha. And, man, are we a little thin in the depth spots of different areas of the team? Absolutely. But, man, Corey, look around this league right now. And, again, I mentioned in the beginning of the pod, there's only maybe three or four teams that I think probably are head and shoulders above everyone else. And everyone else – is in the three and four, four and three club, every, pretty much across the NFL right now. And I think that there is an opportunity. I'm not saying that this is going to lead to a Super Bowl. We've never said that here on Believe in Bears, but as, as funny and as awful and crushing at times the Chicago Bears team has played, the fact that they put that performance against the Patriots gives us an idea of what they're capable of. And if they continue to progress from that, man, they're going to be in a lot of games. 
And it's just going to be – I'm starting to feel like it's going to be harder to get into the top five than it is to maybe get to the seventh seed in the NFC, just the way that it's kind of all playing out and trending a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you look at the schedule moving forward with the Chicago Bears, it looked daunting at first, but, you know, you've got – you know, you've got this game coming up, and then you got the Dolphins, then you got the Falcons, you got the Lions, you got the Jets, and then you got a Packers team. Who knows where they're going to be in a couple of weeks? So, I, yeah. am, am I wrong though? This NFL no. in general right now, there's there's winnable games every single week, yeah. um, and the Chicago Bears have enough youth, and then they yeah. have enough buy-in right now to I think hang around if they want to. Yeah, li- Lions. You know, I, I feel good about them getting a win against them. The Jets. I mean, they're, they're not the prettiest team in football, but, you know, they're relying on the run game and playing good defense. So that, that's yeah. a very winnable game, potentially. And the Packers right now, they're, they're, they're up and down. Rodgers is frustrated. They can't get things going offensively. So I think this is a different team, you know, they're going to be playing uh, next time around. So I feel, I feel good. You know, I, it's going to take another week of, of this great game plan on both sides of the football and them actually going out there and do it. And if they could do this in a big stage against the Cowboys team that's right now five and two I believe I think that would that would set the Bears up with a lot of confidence going into the next few weeks yeah absolutely and just keep in mind yeah are the Bears going to be schizophrenic up and down one step forward two steps back are they going to be able to build and continue to show progress moving forward and that's what Believe in Bears is here to do to break it down every single week thank you so much for tuning in I'm Joey Christopoulos follow me at Joey Sports Guy make sure you check out betonline.ag because you get a 100% welcome bonus what when you sign up use promo code believe b-l-e-a-v my co-host my man Northwestern Wildcat former Bears defensive end CHGO's very own Corey throw out your socials tell people how they can check out all your great content with CHGO moving forward Mm because I'm certainly enjoying it people listening now need to check it out too as well great to see you my man yeah, awesome. You can follow me on uh, Instagram or Twitter at Corey Wooten, C-O-R-E-Y-W-2-O's, two T's, O-N. Uh, if it's spelled any other way, it's not me. All right. Uh, so, yeah, you can follow me uh, at CHGO Sports on Twitter uh, and CHGO Bears. So both of those, you, you can find me on there. I'm doing, you know, weekly show with them on uh, Mondays as well as the the pregame and uh, postgame with them on certain times when I'm not doing Fox. So you can f- follow me at Fox 32 in Chicago as well. So are you on every channel, Corey? Are you no, on every channel I wish. now? I wish it, it would be it would be nice too, man. It would be well, nice. Golf channel. Golf channel is the last one. Man. Yeah. That's what I need. You know, I got I got to worry about those those draws <laughs> and those fades, you know, breaking it down, baby. Swing a little left, you know. It's not swing the right field if you want to hit that draw, baby. Uh-huh. But, yeah, man, another great pod here. And, and just looking forward to, to seeing the growth from the Bears, right? I think that's the biggest thing we want to see. We want to see what we thought they could be. And this past week, that's what we thought they could be, right? And, and it's about confidence, what I said, just building off this. And I think this could be the one game that, that really get them going, you know, going forward. And especially if they could win at Dallas Stadium, Jerry's World, crazy place to play. But I remember in 2012, you know, we we, we came away uh, victorious there when Tony Romo was the quarterback and we had that stadium rocking. Bears fans are, let's go Bears, taking over Jerry's world. So I'd love to see that because Bears fans travel and do well. So, yeah, we're going to break it down for you guys and and hopefully it'll be a Bears win and uh, another great performance offensively and defensively and special teams as well. Coaching, I want to see all of that. So looking forward to it and – yeah, we'll we'll break it down for you guys, and you can catch Joey on Sundays. You're, you're doing you're doing your thing, uh, you know, with Believe, right? Breaking down uh, kind yeah. of Sunday recap. You know, I, I logged on one baby. time with you. Yeah, it was awesome. Awesome. Yeah, to be yeah. A part of it. 
So, Dude, thank you so yeah. much for taking the time to do that. I appreciate it. Yeah, and for those listening to Believe in Bears right now, thank you so much for checking us out all season long. Uh, just to, on a personal note, our audience is growing every single week. Uh, so thank you so much for coming back. And if you want to just tell a friend to check out our show, if you're not watching it on YouTube right now, comment and question below. If you're not listening on SiriusXM, if you're not checking us out on TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, or even Believe.com, tell the good people around you to go check us out. Just give us one episode. Because listen to Corey for crying out loud. It's not about me. Corey's been right for a long time. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. He's been right for a long time, so this is a great podcast to check out. Uh, everyone be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. It's a great week to be a Bears fan, so soak it up. Take it in. Take on those Cowboys and bear down. Bear down, baby. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.